Hey, SPC listeners, I'm back again with my final stage check before my check ride. This is where it all comes together, and one of the chief pilots at my flight school signs me off to do the check ride with the examiner. Buckle up, everyone. Here we go. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango is at Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu, and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. Okay, for today's episode, I'll be taking you along with me for my fourth and final stage check with one of the chief pilots, Kurt. This stage check, if successfully completed, would mark the end of my primary training, and I would then be ready for my check ride with an examiner. Of course, as I've already mentioned, I would have a couple more flights after this one just to get some hood time that I needed and also do some last-minute prep and practice with my instructor. This flight was taking place on Tuesday in the afternoon, near the end of July, and I had already done a solo flight in the morning this day. We were taking off after 2 p.m., and it was already 102 degrees and climbing. This time of year in the Phoenix Valley, our peak temperature usually hits around 5 p.m. or so, so it was still climbing. It would be a hot one for sure, and you'll hear Kurt and I talk a little bit about that as I make a joke that I picked a terrible time of year to train. One thing that is interesting is that Kurt would be doing my stage check, of course, but two days later, he would also be my DPE for my check ride. I guess there's no better person that I should be flying with to make sure I'm ready for the check. Also, since he was not my DPE this day, the day of this training flight or stage check, I could get instruction from him, and a couple times I specifically asked for some, and other times he offered it. I don't know if this is a common thing when you're in a part 141 program as I was then, but that's how they were doing it. I could have chosen any DPE, of course. And when he was my DPE later, he would, he would, wouldn't be acting as chief pilot anymore in the program I was in, but I'd be paying him directly as a designated pilot examiner to get my ticket. And, um, you know, I had a couple to choose from that they kind of offered and, Um, I chose him and his schedule lined up. And so anyway, I don't know how common that is. It might be super common, uh, but I thought it was interesting at the time. And to be honest, I was happy to fly with him first while not doing my check ride. So that could only help me. Incidentally, I had flown with Kurt once before back when I did my stage two check. In fact, I mentioned him briefly in episode 15, or I mentioned flying with him in episode 15. Uh, But when I was doing that stage check, he had me do an emergency landing procedure, and I chose a dirt strip out in the desert that looked like a good place to emergency land, quote unquote. So I got set up for it. And he must have liked that spot, too, because he never told me to go around. So we just landed. We turned around and took off again. It was pretty cool. It just occurred to me that beyond that mention in episode 15, I don't think it ever made it into the podcast. Maybe I'll have to dig around the old SPC cockpit audio archives and see if I can scrounge it up for a future episode. It's like reaching into history or something. During those early stages of my podcast, I wasn't keeping the recordings as well organized as I did later. So it's possible it's lost, uh, but I'll look. I could probably find it. Anyway, 
We would be flying in one of the nicer airplanes uh, at the time. Uh, it's November 4121 Tango. Here we are grabbing the ATIS and making the first call to ground. Center turn for Asian Gulf, time 2147 Zulu. Wind 260 at 12, weather better than 5005. Temperature 390, 2.15, altimeter 2977. Visual approach in use, landing and departing runways 22, left and right. No TAM. Caution for multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport, up to 310 feet AGL. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler. Hazardous weather information available on HIWAS, flight watch, and flight service frequencies. Advise on initial contact. You have. Chandler Ground, Cherokee 4121. Tango is a Chandler Air Service. We have golf with like a southeast departure. Cherokee 4121, Tango, Chandler Ground, taxi to runway 22 right. Taxi to 22 right, Cherokee 21, Tango. He didn't give me uh, how to get there this Yeah, time. I noticed that. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the only one that does that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about ready for summer to be over. Yeah, I'll say. I picked a really stupid time to do this. That's for well, sure. actually, you know what? Makes you a better pilot, though, if you can do it with the same precision and this kind of heat and everything. It sure makes it easy when, you, when it gets to be wintertime. You go, holy crap, this is really easy. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I started when it was nice. <laughs> yeah. March. Or that's April. the problem. See, if you start when it's really hot, then you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I've talked about this before, but when it's really hot, some of the items in the run-up don't work like normal, including the carb heat check. So as we pick up while we were doing the run-up, you'll hear us talking a little bit about that. Also, I then broached the big topic for me at the time in my flight school during this time of year, and that is to lean the mixture for takeoff in this brutal heat or not. The reason it was a big topic for me is I got different answers from different CFIs even at the same school. Since it was so hot, we had a really high density altitude, especially in the afternoon. So it was like taking off at a mountain airport sometimes where you would normally lean for best power and use that for takeoff. Usually down in the lowlands of the Phoenix Valley, where most airports are somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500 feet MSL. When the weather's nice it is as it is most of the time, our MO was to go full rich for takeoff. As it got very hot and density altitude was high, some CFIs said to still go full rich, and some said to lean for best power when density altitude is above 4,000 feet or 5,000 feet or something like that. Since I couldn't get a straight answer on the school's policy on this, I had to ask each person I flew with and see how they would like to see it. Many times, like this one, the answer was something along the lines of, well, you could do it either way, I generally, and then they explain what they would do. Of course, as a student pilot, I was more interested in someone just saying, always do this or never do that, or, you know, this is the policy. I don't think I've talked about this before, even though I was train training in high heat for about the last third of my training, but Kurt's response made so much sense to me at the time that I'm going to go ahead and put it in here. He started with the, well, you know, type of response, but then made a case for leaving it rich in this situation. But then he taught me why 
and what they would expect if I was taking off in a smaller mountain airport, for example. So I hope it's interesting to you as well. After the run-up, I made the call to the tower to let them know that I was ready. I got an instruction to hold short because there was another plane on final that I hadn't seen yet. And remember, while doing the run-up, we're generally still on ground frequency because we hadn't finished taxiing to the runway yet. So many times when I switched over to tower, once I was at the hold short line, I didn't have a lot of situational awareness about who was doing what in the traffic patterns on the two runways. I would generally look, and if I saw someone on final, I would wait to call in if nobody was behind me in line just to reduce the load on everyone because one call is more efficient than two calls. Of course, as it is in this case, if I didn't see the traffic on final or if someone was pulling in behind me, I would make the call. This first takeoff would be a short field takeoff. Kurt had also, much like he would on a check ride, had me plan a flight to a certain place. And in this case, it was Florence, Arizona. We wouldn't get there as he would have me do some other things along the way and we would divert and so on. But I was to do the short field takeoff and then execute the first part of the flight plan that I had come up with until I got further instruction. Also, you'll hear Kurt asking questions and instructing along the way. I was learning on every flight. We discussed this, but you'll also hear the stall horn flirting a bit with us on the rotation, as well as when trying to speed up after obstacle cleared. It was super hot, and the airplane was heavier than when I'm solo. You'll hear us talking about how little climb performance we had. It was a little crazy. It reminded me of my long solo cross-country when I was taking off from Prescott, where Embry-Riddle University is. Where the altitude is high, the terrain rises, and the air was hot. And I was wondering if I was going to make it over the mountains that were in front of me. It was safe enough, but slow to climb for sure. I'll let this go until he asked me to put the hood on. So for the first part, we'll be flying towards Florence. He'll be working on my pilotage with me. This was, by the way, remember before most people were using the magenta lines. And they put a lot of focus on pilotage and dead reckoning for VFR pilots at my school. Anyway, he'd have me divert to somewhere I wasn't expecting. I'd have to draw on my charts, set a course, try to hold altitude, sometimes successfully, and pick new landmarks to verify I was headed in the right direction. He then asked me to start using a couple of VORs and track inbound and outbound radials and pick intercept headings, again, all while sometimes successfully holding altitude. I won't play everything here, it would get a little long, but here is that part of this flight and some of the teaching and learning and stressing that was going on. By the way, before we start this, it is important to note that I was pretty stressed for this flight. It was a stage check. I'd been flying a lot lately, including earlier that morning. It was hot and it was with the person who two days later would be doing my check ride. I was hoping I was ready, but I guess there was a little part of me that maybe wasn't sure that I was, and he was asking me questions in different ways than I was used to from my other instructors and so on. So in other words, this was a really good experience. It was a valuable flight, but it was also very stressful for me too. Anyway, here you go. You hardly get any movement out of that thing when it's this hot. Yeah, it's like carburetor heat. Who needs that? It's already hot. <laughs> yeah. Might actually increase performance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where is that thing on this one? All right.
that vacuum in off goes off when it goes power goes up, yeah. right? Okay. <clears throat> All right, so the big question. Uh-huh. Do you want me to leave it full rich, or do you want me to do a leaning procedure right now for 5,000 feet density altitude? Um, well, I mean, typically, you know, if you if it was a high-performance takeoff, if you worry about the amount of runway and everything else, I'd go ahead and lean it. Um, because you have almost 5,000 feet of runway, um, just go full rich. Yeah, but I mean, either way, if you show, you know, the, the only thing about it, you, you're talking about going to 2,000 and bringing it back till it runs rough, no, bringing it up. I would then, go full power and go to max RPM. For yeah, the up. only time you really want to do that is if you're, if you're concerned about the amount of runway you have. Because the problem with doing that is if there's anything on the ground out there, you pick it up in a prop. Uh, now, if you're in the mountains, we want you to do it every single time. Okay. Okay? But down here, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, as I'm climbing out 2,500 feet, I'd probably lean it out then. Okay. Okay. Now, picking up anything, explain that to me. Picking well, if, there's, if, if you've ever watched, if, the, if it's just rained and there's an airplane sitting over there doing a run-up, there's a little tornado of water that comes off the oh, ground oh, and goes oh. right to the propeller tips at the bottom. I see. Okay. If it's rocks and garbage and dirt and everything else, okay. you can't see it, but it's getting sucked up and it dings the prop. That's where you get prop uh, okay. nicks and everything else in the leading edge. All right. I understand. All right. Okay. I'm glad you're thinking about it, though. That's good. About the leaning thing. Oh, okay. Want that fuel pump on. We're going to go full rich. And make sure I didn't miss anything here. Got seat belts. <clears throat> okay. I think we're ready to go. All right, so we'll do a short field takeoff, and then I just want you to fly that line like we're heading to Florence, okay? Okay. And uh, I'll be in charge of the door. Okay. Check four Yankee Tech back to runway two two right, man, as we can see. Four Yankee Tech back two two right. Chandler Tower, Turkey 4121 Tango is at 22 right, ready to go. Request momentary delay. Check turn Tango, Tower, Tower, hold short of 1 right, 22 right. Hold short of 22 right, 21 Tango. Didn't see that guy on final. Oh, there's a guy on final, too. Yeah. Now, do you set up your flaps usually before you go out there or I, when you get out there? I, I do it before I go out. Okay, yeah, I, that's the way I'd do it. I always tell everybody your airplane should be set up for your takeoff before you cross the line. Okay. Okay. That's what I normally do, so okay. that's good, because I'll get out there and forget it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you would be the first. <laughs> but it sucks when you try to pull it off. Stall, stall horn going Yeah, on. when you try to pull it off at 50 with no flaps, it's a little different. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a little different with both of us in here in the middle of the afternoon than it was this morning with me alone, too. <laughs> that was a nice landing in the Cub. Go for three-point landings on that. You can do wheel landings in it, too. We teach both of them in it. That guy's working on his private, though. He's oh, really? Yeah, he's out there working. He's just getting ready to get into stage four, I think. Cool. Well, he's a better man than me. He chose the Cub to do it in. Yeah. 
costs a little more money and time, obviously. Yeah. That's what he plans on flying when he's done. Then. Yeah, that's what he wanted to learn it. Is it any hotter than these planes? It's about the same. No, you can open the doors and windows and shit oh, in that right. thing and fly it around. So. Trick two and tango. At the airport boundary left turn to the southeast through runway two direct with take off. Clear for takeoff, 2-2 two, two right, Turkey 2-1 Tango. This is the guy that says on request all the time. <laughs> all right, everything's in the green. Forty. And fifty. Feels a little a little sluggish. Sluggish, huh? Okay, <laughs> yeah. obstacles cleared. Okay. Yeah, just keep a little bit of right foot in there and it'll keep yep. it a little bit straighter. I can't even speed up without sinking. Man, this heat is nasty. Straight four Yankee, you ready? Yes, sir, four eight Yankees, ready to go. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I need to lose some weight. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that has much to do with it. And I'm going to be in Casa Grande before I can turn here. Well, since you can teach me today and not Thursday. Would you stay in a downwind here until you got there, or would you well, just kind of head out and there's, intercept it? There's two different ways you can do it. I was just sitting here thinking about that while I saw you turn here. You can do what you're doing, which is you're trying to get to the center of the airport, right? Yes. Or what's the first definable point you have? It's those uh, mountains over there between the two, actually. i just turn from there. When you get over there, you can go on course. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. That's the way I'd do it. Cause okay. Now we're wasting time. Well, yeah. I mean, we fly... I always tell everybody you fly airplanes because you can go in straight lines. <laughs> so right now what I do is I turn right towards the center of those things from here. I, I also uh, contemplated call, calling Albuquerque Center to see if we could go through that restricted area. Uh -huh. Would that have been okay, too? Sure. Okay. You probably could have today. It's usually a weekend warrior thing. So. Is that a bird or a, like a remote control plane? I guess it's a bird. I just saw the wings flap. Oh, it's a piece of paper. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's just floating out there. Um, I'm planning on going to 5,500 feet if I can get there. 
Uh, we'll just go to 4,000 and pretend okay. you're at the 55. Okay. So now, where are we? Where's your point you were talking about here? Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to get just past the Santans here, and I'm going to get on my course. Okay. And it should take me uh, between the those okay. peaks over but there. That's my point. Why not just go there now? Oh, I see. And then when you get to a point that you know you're on your line, then you turn on course. You okay. see what I mean? Yeah. My course is uh, 116. Let me get my... thermals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a bunch of them out here today. And then I'd run this thing at no less than 2,500 RPM. Oh, really? Oh, shit. At 4,000 feet on a day like today? Uh, good point. Okay, I'm going to lean it. Uh, so now, how do you open a flight plan? Uh, I'd get on 122.2 right now. Um, okay. What if 122.2 didn't work? 1226 was okay. my backup. All right. um, and call Prescott Radio, um, activate it. Okay. Oh, fall on here. Yeah, is it, you're in a little downdraft right now. As a general rule of thumb, if it's more than 100 feet, just use power. Okay. Otherwise, you're just pissing in the wind, see your airspeed. Yep. And this time, when you level off at 4,000, don't pull the throttle back until you see at least 90 to 95 on that thing. Okay. Okay, so what's the next thing you're looking for here that might help you figure out where you're at? Make sure you're on course. Well, I've got a, uh, get this out. I've got some uh, canals. i got the river. Um, I've got these fields on my left. Um, Are those on there, though? They're not on here, but I used other sources to, be <laughs> okay. to figure out where my line was. Well, try to find some. See if you can find something along the line. Okay. That'll define your point when you get to some place. Oh, there's power lines, but those are probably going to be hard to see. Or your site V2 Delta Mike is approximately two miles to the northwest of the town of Coolidge. Well, if you weren't going to use the power lines, what would you use? Look for obvious things. Don't use power lines. Should I have been able to see power lines at 17,000 hours of flying? There's a road right okay. there uh, that we're going to kind of parallel for a little bit and then cross. Okay. And what's right by the road that might help you find that point? Uh, railroad tracks. Yeah. Three, a set of three railroad tracks. Oh, yeah. They can kind of converge, don't yeah. they? So if you can find those two spots, you know where you're at. Practice area warrior. I think it's right there. Delta Mike, approximately okay. one mile to the northwest of the town of Coolidge, southbound to EDS, 5,500 feet. The intersection of two roads. Oh, that's roads. Let's Where's the? You see the intersection of two roads on the chart? Oh, that's right, Terry. On November six eight zero, X-ray is approximately ten miles. See the road going straight east? I don't see it yet. Oh, there it is. Okay, right so where's the railroad tracks in relationship to that? Right there. There they go. Yep. Can't you can't miss it? See it? Yep. Okay, I don't know if it's on here, but what I want you to do is go to Ak Chin from our current position. Okay.
I'm sorry, can you point out auction? Yeah, right here. Oh, okay. The little one right there. Over by Stamp. Okay. All right. I'm going to be uh, have a heading of about 240. Okay. And... Uh, about 30 miles. Okay. And I know you're fighting a lot of stuff and doing a lot of stuff, but you remember on the check ride, you got to stay within 200 feet of that on this portion of the check ride. I mean, if you get a little off, as long as you're... But just give it a glance every now and then to see, make sure you know what's going on with it. Push a little more right foot, and it'll hold it in there. There you go. All right, so what uh, what are your responsibilities with a diversion? I would need to call them uh, on uh, an FSS frequency, so 122.6, 122.2 here, and uh, let them know that I'm diverting okay. and where. And do I, do I tell them uh, how long I think it's going to take me to get there? Yeah, well, they'll ask you if you don't tell them. <laughs> okay. That's part of the deal on that. And then, uh, there's the Santans. Yeah. There's there. Right in between. There's oh, the town. The town of Sacaton. Right. Okay. So it says, how far to the south of Sacaton should we be when we cross according to your line? Um, about a mile. Yeah. So now you just look out there and go, there's a mile. Aim right for that point. And you can't ask for a bigger sign in the sky that says, fly here. Right? Right. Okay. And then the next spot you look for is probably Phoenix Regional. Okay. And then you just keep going like this. And then one thing I never see you guys doing, and I was always taught to do this, and it makes life so much easier, is I'm flying along here. I've already gone past this point. I'm in between right now, right? Yep. So I make a mark on my chart right there. And I never, when I look back down at my chart, I will never look behind that line. Okay. And as I get closer, closer, closer. I keep track of where I'm going. Does that make sense? Yep. And then, of course, it makes it always fun when you're going up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, and I can't climb right here. We're in a downdraft. Pretty sure we're going to shoot up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, the one good thing about having a check ride on a day like today is you can't be expected to do it perfect. <laughs> There's Casa Grande. The okay. airport and the t city of. So, okay. Well, you got the right idea here. I just want you to, well, one of the things that everybody does when they're learning how to fly airplanes and they're doing this pilotage and dead reckoning stuff is they're looking for all these little bitty, they're always staring at the chart, trying to find some little bitty detail. Okay. And all you need to do is find the big things, you know? And once you find the big things, then you can start defining them a little bit tighter. Does okay. that make sense? Yep. Okay. All right, show me how to use, using this VOR right here, we'll just use the number one VOR head. Show me how to go directly to Stanfield from here. Okay. Okay, perfect. Going right what the what uh, radial are we on? We're on the, we're on the three, zero three radial. Zero, zero three zero, sorry. Zero three zero, okay, excellent. Yeah. How are we gonna know when we get there? This is gonna go into the cone of confusion. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna, uh, Probably put up a flag. I didn't look at it before, but some okay. sort of a red and white flag, or both of these will be up, or something. Okay, like here's that. the easy answer. It's going to flip the from. I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> Show me how to intercept the 360 degree radio outbound. 
360 outbound. Okay. If you wanted to intercept that by 30 degrees, what heading would you fly? Well, don't turn left yeah, until you figure it out. Yeah. Um, I want to fly uh, 45, you said? 30. At 30 degrees, I'm going to fly to zero, three, zero. Better pack a lunch and dinner. Oh, yeah. And breakfast yeah, yeah, and yeah. lunch and dinner because <laughs> we're going to have to go around the whole earth to get there. Yeah. Why would okay. you fly a heading that goes away from the okay. needle? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, what heading? I am going to go to 330. That's the answer. That's why when you started turning left, you did that because the needle was to the yeah, left. Yeah, I know. And remember, as smart as that system is, it has no clue as to what the heading of the airplane is at that moment. Okay? Yep. So you're going to fly 330, the needle's going to center, we're going to turn to 360 and track outbound, right? Yep. Okay. All right, now if I put Phoenix back in here, and I say, let's intercept the Phoenix 160 radio inbound, what are you going to put in the top? 160? Inbound. Inbound, I'm going to do uh, 240. 240. Oh. Well, explain to me how that's going to work if you want to get on the... Oh, 160 degree radial inbound. My bad. Uh, I, did, I did the wrong math. Um, see, three, everybody four, thinks I'm really smart at this stuff. <laughs> I just cheat a lot. I, I just know. put it in the bottom. I hear you. <laughs> I just put 160 in the bottom, and I know I got the right number at the top. I don't have to do that minus 200 plus 20 stuff. All right, what heading? I'm going to fly uh, 290. Okay, that'll work. That's ah. this way. <laughs> All right, those are the only three things I'm going to do on the check ride, man. Okay. How to get me directly there, how to intercept a radial outbound. When I say outbound, put that number in there. If I say inbound, put the reciprocal number in there and fly 30 degrees to the needle. That's a standard intercept. Okay. So this one would actually be 310. That'd, that'd be standard. 290 okay. is not a wrong answer. 290 is your... I, I prefer to go in the direction that I want to go. Okay. So... The deeper the angle to intercept, the farther I'm going away from where I want to go. Does that okay. make sense? Yep. All right. Okay, so now it was time to demonstrate how I was doing under the hood. Interestingly, I was still short on time here, as I've mentioned before. So I hadn't had as much practice yet as most would have had by this point in their training. So I was hoping it would go okay. Mostly it did, but when we got to unusual attitudes, he tricked me on the first one by getting us very slow and then pointing us down towards the ground. I went the wrong way on the throttle and messed it all up. He gave me two more chances and I did both of those much, much better. We'll pick it up there and go until he has me take the hood off. Okay, if you will kindly put that on. I think I got it. Okay. You're going to be working your ass off to hold altitude here. Okay. Use whatever you need to use. Hold it. Heading okay. at 270 at 4,000, okay? Okay. Okay, now if you uh, accidentally flew into instrument conditions, what's the first thing you'd do? Uh, I'd probably uh, get on the gauges, make sure I keep flying straight and level, and then try and turn around. Okay, so let's try to turn around to the left. To the west, all 
of the town of Coolidge, 5,500 feet eastbound uh, of yep. Jenny. Yeah. Uh, you're going to assume I'm clearing it before we go? Okay. Traffic okay. practice for 5108, say 8 miles south of the truck stop at Rainbow Valley, uh, 5,500 feet, heading towards Lake McLeod. Traffic practice. We were started out, yeah. Okay. All right, good. Let's uh, maintain this heading of east, and let's climb up to 4,500 feet. 4,500. Now, while you're trying to climb at 80 knots, let's do a right 180 degree turn and it's clear. Okay. You had a bank in there. There's no way we're going to climb. <laughs> well, just keep the speed at 80. You do everything you can. Right in between the two notches, right? Yeah, that's 15. Okay. If you take the airspeed divided by 10 and add 3, you come up with 13 degrees. That's a standard rate turn based on 100 knots. 80 would be 8 plus 3, which would be 11 degrees. The slower you go, the shallower the bank is for a standard rate turn. But uh, if you use 15 degrees of bank, you'll always be in the ballpark. you do is let go of the yoke. You just hold their wings level and the airplane does the work all by itself. Except it wasn't really trimmed. Yeah, it was. You're just not back to 100 yet. No. Yeah, if you're flying along a level at 2,500 RPM and the airplane's trimmed for level flight, you want to descend on instruments. All you, all, this is how we do it as instrument pilots. We just throttle back. The airplane's trimmed, so it tries to maintain the airspeed and just descends for us. Be in a world of hurt here in a minute. You waited way too long. Push the throttle up. Okay. Remember when you're going to level off, do it at the same time. And then your airspeed will stay the same instead of slowing all the way to 80 knots. Now you're on the back edge of it. Now you got to work your ass off to get back to 90 knots and maintain altitude again. Hands and feet off the controls. When I give you the airplane, you get to recover, okay? Okay. All right. Okay, My favorite part, cool and unusual attitude. <laughs> Wrong way with the throttle. Oh, Wrong way yeah. with the throttle. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did all that wrong. <laughs> What's the first thing you're supposed to do if you find yourself pointed at terra firma with the throttle up? Yeah. What I did is I saw, I saw the airspeed so low and I made the wrong decision. Yeah. Okay, but what else you need to look at? I got to look at that. And right. See if we're pointed down. Okay. So what's the first thing you're going to do in that situation? I'm going to pull the throttle back. What's the second thing you're going to do in that situation? I'm going to level the wings. Ah. Okay. Let's try that again. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's all right. I started with the airspeed and immediately made a decision. Yeah, I tricked you on that one. Yeah. Your airplane. All right. That one was perfect. He did that one exactly textbook. Okay. All right, one more the other way, okay? okay. All right, my it. airplane. Ah, you can take the hood off. I got the airplane. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was the second one. Was that was the right way you to do you it? You tricked me on that first one. <laughs> well, and, and and there is a. That's why you want to make a decision based on what you see, not what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what you want to do is when you find yourself in that situation, you want to look here. Look here, look back here, and by the time you do that, the trend will have changed and show you dirt down, airspeed increasing, I made right? a snap decision. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. Okay. You got the airplane? Got it. Let's, uh, let's line up going east on the section lines. Okay, so now he wanted to have me demonstrate minimal controllable airspeed and then added some turns in and then we did some stalls, an engine out procedure, and then S turns across a road. We were basically going over everything today. I'll put some of this portion of the flight here. And if we could get to 4,000 feet, let's uh, do some minimal control of airspeed, okay? Okay. Where are we? <laughs> oh, okay. How's your intercom still working right there? Yeah. Okay. altitude right here and do the same thing. Once again, you're going to be busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest with these updrafts. <laughs> yeah. The morning pretty easy then, hopefully. Uh, yeah, it should be easier. But she'll hold me to a higher standard, probably. <laughs> no. Lots of right foot. There you go. All right, I get ahead of it, especially if you start seeing the downtrend. Started putting in power to her. Right there, this is flight 2706, we're over the north test track, descending out 3,500 for 3,000 feet westbound, southeast. Let's do a left 180. Silverville, practice area. Cutlass 524, two Victor's about three miles south of Miranda, headed south towards Ryan Airport. Silverville, practice area. Almost made it. Go about 15 more degrees that way. You want to look at the lines. Yeah. 
stop a, this thing from climbing. Yeah. Okay, do a right 180, looks clear to the right. Last thing you want to do is hold that top rudder. So you should, be, even while you're turning right, you want to be holding the right rudder. I was just trying to keep it from overbanking uh, okay. the ailerons and trying to keep it coordinated. Okay. That, we got out of that thermal. Yeah. <laughs> when you get back to this heading of east on the section lines, go ahead and recover back at 4,000 feet to cruise. Get rid of the first knot to flaps. That'll help you start. That's a drag, yeah. Okay. Right, I want you to line back up on the section lines here. Oh. Uh, one of the easy ways to do it, Bill, is look out your wing out here. And that line of rivets. Should be parallel with those lines if your nose is lined up. Okay, show me a steep turn to the left. Okay, that was an absolutely perfect 360 degree, 35 degree bank turn. What bank angle are you going to have to be on the check right? 45. Okay, put it on the dot, do another one around there. Do it just the same way, just be at 45 degrees of bank. Okay. Okay, go for it. Starts getting a draggy around 80, gets close to 80. Now, if you let go of that right aileron, it'll stay at 45 degrees of bank. Let go of the right rudder pedal and the right aileron. We're back to 30 degrees of bank again. And the only reason we're doing it is because you're, you're telling the airplane to go out of the bank angle. Okay. Everybody does that when they're learning how to do them. If you leave these in neutral, it'll stay at 45 degrees of bank the whole time. I show people all the time. I take my hands and feet off and trim it, and it'll stay in a 45-degree bank and fade out until it runs out of gas. <laughs> okay. But everybody wants to drag the aileron in the opposite direction of the bank angle. And then the bank angle goes away, and then your altitude control goes away because of the amount of back pressure changes for the bank angles. That makes sense? Yes, okay, does. try one to the right. It looks clear out to the right. Okay. When you get to 45, neutralize the ailerons and just hold enough back pressure to keep it there. And right about here, I'd push the throttle up the rest of the way if it's not already. All yeah. the way up. All right. Glance at the thing. You're dragging a little bit of left aileron, and that, now your bank's gone away. There you go. See how it just stays there? Yep. And when you get there, you just roll out and release the back pressure. Perfect. See? That was a nice one there. Just that little bit of time when you got a little bit of aileron in it, drags them out. But the other ones, those were fun. Okay, let's do a right 90 degree turn just to clear things a little bit here. And let's do a power on departure stall in a right 20 degree bank, okay? Okay. Just throttle it up once. Okay, now pitch it up. Push right rudder and aileron. 
Keep the ball in the center and use the aileron to keep the airplane at 20 degrees of bank. Now pull on it. There's the stall. Drop the nose. Roll it out. Bring it up. Absolute perfect coordinated stall. Did you see that? Yes. It stalled. It didn't change one angle of bank. Okay? All right. Go ahead and try it. Just line up going west and just try one like you're doing one on your check ride. Okay. With a turn? Yeah, with a 20-degree. Okay. So I, I will always make you do it to the right. It's harder than to the left. Okay. There you go. Now just keep those two set up. Now stall it. There it is. Now let go of the rudder pedal, though. Yeah. You know, it's still <laughs> over there on the right. But... Well, don't look at the ball. If okay. You, don't look at the ball. If, if I was teaching you how to do them, as soon as it stalled, I'd cover the entire panel. Okay. Because what you want to do is be looking out there. If you're looking in here, you might as well be getting an instrument rating. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. All right, line up going north on the section lines. And try one straight ahead. Power on. Power on stall, yeah. Show me what you're going to do in the event of an engine failure. Okay, I'm going to get it trimmed to 73 first of all. Okay. Got some altitude, so I'm going to try an engine restart. Curve heat on. Everything's in a different spot in here. I'm going to go mixture full ridge. I'm going to try the... Started. Southeast, 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 Okay, so what's your plan here? I am going to stay in uh, sort of a uh, downwind on the other side of the field. I'm planning on being at uh, about 2,200 feet when I cross a beam where I want to touch down. Sounds good. Uh, 
There's my touchdown point. I'm a little bit high. Okay, you're going to be high or low here? I'm going to be high. Okay, let's start doing something about it. Don't wait till it's too late. I want to clear this engine once, okay? There you go. See what I'm talking about? Keep the slip in there all the way to the landing because it's already going to be long. Okay, nice and smooth. Show me a go around. Full power, full power. Don't do that on your check ride. Don't worry about anything else till you get full power in this airplane. <laughs> okay. All right, you got the carburetor heat. What's next? Yeah. I'm going to get the flaps out when we get a positive. You need to get one notch out immediately. Okay. There you go. That's all drag. There you go. Yeah, on that go-around, throttle to the ball, balls to the wall, nose to the horizon, carburetor heat off, flap, first notch, okay? Yep. All right. That was a pretty damn good emergency. You just, you, until you've done as many as I have, you don't realize how quickly you, you're going to end up landing on the other end of the strip. You, everybody wants to be high, but like I always say, it hurts just as bad to be long as it does to be short. Okay. We're in rising terrain here. I'm going to start a turn. Okay. <laughs> Go to 2,000 feet. Head somewhere to show me an S-turn across the road. Okay. I need to get one more notch out when I feel like we're... Okay. See anything that uh, help us figure out... Uh... Wind. I'll do this road then right here, and we'll figure it out, I guess. Okay. Which one? This one? Yeah, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to do that one. Okay. Can we go back that way since we're headed over the freeway? No, you, all I need to see is one S. Oh, You're okay. just about done here. That was damn near perfect, man. I liked it. Okay, let's head back to the airport. Do a short field landing and full stop taxi back. Okay, I'm going to head up to 2700 if that's okay with you. Fine. You can get it before we get to the airport. You can <laughs> <Yeah>. get it. <laughs> I'm head for it. Um, I'm sorry, what kind of landing? Uh, short field. And we want to pretend the end of the runway is on the top of the number. So if you hit paint, you're short. Okay. Turn Christian Hotel, time 2247 Zulu, wind 280 at 5, weather better than 5005, temperature 390, 2.14, altimeter 2976, visual approaching use, landing and departing runways 22, left and right. No TAM, caution for multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport, up to 310 feet AGL. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler. Hazardous weather information available on high watch, flight watch, and flight service frequencies. Advise on initial contact you have hotel. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango is seven miles south of the field. We have hotel inbound for full stop taxi back. Cherokee 4121 Tango, Chandler Tower, make left traffic, runway 22 left, report downwind. Will this be multiple taxi backs? 
Test two. Uh, the second one should be a full stop to the ramp. Two on Tango. Cherokee two on Tango Red. Helicopter eight two Charlie taxiway Charlie cleared touch and go. Eight two Charlie clear touch and go. Feels a little better up here, doesn't it? It's only ninety seven degrees up here. <laughs> Paradise. Finally, we would head back to Chandler for a, short, for a short field landing and would do a full stop taxi back. He would tell me that the end of the runway is the top of the numbers. So if we hit paint, I had failed. Unfortunately, as we were almost back to the airport, my recording failed. So I didn't get the rest of it. But I did a short field landing, passed it, a soft field takeoff, and then a soft field landing as well. And that was it. And I did okay on all of those. Like I said before, it was a pretty stressful flight, and that led to some mistakes I made in calculating headings, making turns, and even messing up a couple of the procedures. I was nervous, hot, stressed about my performance, and was making a few mistakes. But I was flying, and I was still learning and making progress. Kurt was great. He got on me a bit when I did something dumb or taught me when I needed it and complimented me every once in a while when I deserved it. I didn't mess anything up enough to have him refer me back to some more training or practice before my check ride. But throughout the flight and in our debriefing afterwards, he did give me some pointers, some tips on what to expect and how to do something for the check ride. And then he signed me off. I don't think I would call this flight fun necessarily, but it was useful. And it got me one step closer to becoming a pilot. for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the podcast feeds on the web at studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me and for me alone in the situation I was in at the time. Please do not try to blindly apply anything you see or hear in this podcast to your own flying without thinking it through on your own completely. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.